Colossians chapter 1. We got just a little introduction last week. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 14. This is a, a good little section of Scripture right here, and we'll really just, just kind of take them one at a time because I think that there's something good in all these. So uh, we'll read most of these and just take them as we come to them. Colossians, that's in the New Testament. It's a short little book, four chapters. Colossians chapter 1, we'll start in verse 9. Let's pray, and we'll jump in. God, we come to you tonight, and I thank you that we can come here and worship you. And God, I pray that these words would be good to us. Dear Lord, we need you. We need your words, and I pray that we would get encouragement from what we read tonight, that we would grow in you from what we read tonight, God, and that your Holy Spirit would use it in our lives in some way. Just help me to do a good job, God. Keep my mind free of distractions of the world and worries of the world, dear Lord, that, that I brought in. I pray that you would just take those things and push them far from my mind and let your word uh, be at the forefront of all of our minds tonight. And I pray that you just hide me behind the cross as I preach and teach and let this be for your glory. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Paul was writing this letter to the people of Colossae, and they had become Christians. They were uh, new Christians. They had heard the gospel message. They had received the gospel message, and they were producing fruit. They were, they were uh, on fire for the Lord. They were excited about the Lord, it would appear, now that they have begun to follow Jesus. <laughs> And that's what sets us up for what we are about to read here in verse 9. For this reason also, that is the reason that they have now found a new life in Jesus Christ. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Now, this is a good verse for us to consider. Paul hears the good news about the Colossian people. He hears that they are new followers in Jesus Christ. And he says, because of this, we have not stopped praying for you. Now, it is likely that we know people from time to time we hear of people. Maybe people that are close to us or maybe people we hear it from someone else in town that someone has become a Christian, that someone has started following Jesus Christ. Whether it's a child or whether it's someone older, we need to do what Paul is doing here. When Paul heard this about the Colossian people, he said, I have not stopped praying for you. I am praying for you. We need to pray for our young brothers and sisters in Christ. When I say young, I don't necessarily mean age. I mean new believers, people who have just come to Christ, who may not know God's word that well. But, but they're learning. They want to learn. They want to know about Jesus. They want to know about Scripture. They want to know about the goodness of God and what God calls them to. And we want to pray for those new believers in Christ, just as Paul did. We want to have an excitement. We want to thank God for them, and we want to pray for them, and we want to lift them up. What do we want to pray for them about? That they will, as Paul says, be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. It's a prayer for growth. It's not so different from our prayer. It doesn't matter if you are a new Christian, if you just became a Christian before you came in this room tonight, 
or if you have been walking with the Lord for 50 years, chances are you would admit there is room for growth. That is true for all of us. There is room for growth because God is always working in our life when we seek Him. If we mature in Him, if we grow in Him, God is going to work in our life. He's going to uh, continue to reveal new things to us. Now, God doesn't give us everything at once. We might not can handle everything at once if God revealed everything in our life that needs to change, the ways that He needs to work on us. But as we grow, He says, okay, here's some things you need to work on, some things that, we might, that may be obvious to us in Scripture. And we begin to work on those things. And the more we work on those things, the more God may reveal to us, okay, well, here's other, another area of your life. Maybe you didn't realize that that area needed work, but here's some more scripture I just put in front of you, and maybe you need to work on this. And it's like, wow, I never knew that. And, and as God does that, it takes, it takes days, and it takes weeks, and it takes months, and it takes years. And so even if we've been walking with the Lord for 20 years, we still need to grow in the Lord. And that needs to be our prayer for young brothers and sisters in Christ, that they would uh, know that we are praying for them, that we are encouraging them, and that we are praying that they would grow in the knowledge of God's Word. And not only do we pray that, but we try to help them in that way as best we can. Now, we may say, well, look, I don't know Scripture that well. I can't preach or I can't teach. Well, it's okay. We don't have to be great preachers or great teachers. What we can do is love on people. That's something that we can do. And if we do know a little scripture, an encouraging word, or just simply telling them, hey, I'm going to be praying for you, we can do that. We can do that. Everybody can do that. So we don't have to give a sermon to everybody we see that's a new believer and say, let me tell you 17 of my favorite scriptures and why they're great. I mean, if you can do that, praise the Lord, do it. I'll tell you something beautiful. I wasn't, this just popped into my mind. It happened today. I went down to the, to the, uh, nursing home to see Miss Joyce Bacon when I, when I was leaving. There's an older gentleman there. I, I met him several months back, and he come walking down the hall, and, and he had his Bible in his hand. And I said, hey, man, what you reading? Ah, that's my Bible. I said, man, that's a good book. I said, I said, what you been reading about in there? What, 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 what you been reading recently? He says, I'll read all of it. He said, look, let me show you something. And, and he, he got over there, and he, he walked over to the, to the counter, and he, he laid that Bible down, and he, he opened it up to John chapter 3, and you could tell this Bible was, was, was very used. And he said, read this, read this right here. Well, I couldn't see it. He had things underlined and circled and stuff in there, and I didn't have my glasses, and it was dark where he had it. And I was like, man, I can't read that. I said, well, I said, man, I can't see that with my eyes. I said, I said you read it for me. And he, he took, it took him a second to get there, and, and slowly he began to read through the Word of God. And he began to, to read through John chapter 3. And he, he got to the part where it speaks about being born again. And, and he said, now, now let's flip over to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. And, and we flipped over to Acts chapter 2, and by that time I said, oh, I got my phone in my pocket. I got a Bible that I can see. So I whipped it out, and, and he was having a hard time finding it. And I said, well, I think I found what you're looking for. And... And I read Acts chapter 2, verse 38 for him, and it talks about being born again in Jesus and being a, a, a new creation like we are in Jesus. And he said, ain't that something? He said, two separate spots, two different books in the Bible say the same thing, that we have to be born again in Jesus. Now here's this guy who obviously has been walking with the Lord for a long time. His mind's not that good. He's back in the Alzheimer's unit. 
He probably won't even remember me next time I see him. But he remembered the Word of God and he was still growing in the Word of God. Now that's what you and I need to be doing. That's what we need to do. We need to be in the Word of God so that we can grow in the Word of God and that we can help other people know with what we know. Whatever it may be, no matter how much or how little it may be. That guy is a good example for what we need to live by and what we need to pray for other brothers and sisters in Christ in a way that they'll grow as well. Verse 10. So that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God. Now, when we become Christians, it is, it is obvious to us that we want to walk in God's commands. We want to be obedient in what God calls us to and the things that God calls us to. Now, when we hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, we, when we become a Christian, we accept that gospel. We say, okay, I know I'm a sinner. I know Jesus is my Savior. I know I need to follow Jesus. But there may be a lot of people in the world that have never been exposed to a lot of Scripture. I mean, they may hear the gospel on the street. They may go to one church service and hear it. They may open up their Bible and read a chapter or two, and the Holy Spirit may work on them, and they may accept Christ. Praise the Lord. That's great. Now, I was fortunate, and maybe some of you too, you grew up in church, and you were around a lot of Scripture, and you were exposed to Scripture, and so you knew some things in Scripture. But not everybody has that scriptural background. And we need to remember that when we see young Christians. We need to say, okay... They may not know everything that's in Scripture. That's a good tip. Never do this. Never talk about a Bible story and say, oh, you know the story, because people may not know the story. Even if it's just a, a brief reference, if you think, well, I think they probably know the story, but I'm not sure, so I'm just going to briefly say, and remember this, and here's why this happened. And if you think, man, I don't know that they know the Bible very well at all, take the time and say, hey, let me tell you about Moses. Do you know about, oh yeah, everybody knows about Moses. You know he crossed the Red Sea, you know what he did. Well, maybe they do know what he did, or maybe they don't know what he did. And Paul says here that, he's, he said, I'm praying for you that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him. Well, how do we know how to please God? Well, we please God first and foremost through Jesus Christ, but he's also pleased with us when we follow his word. And we need to know His Word, and we need to help others know His Word. That's why I like to, to, to preach through a whole book of the Bible or teach through a whole book of the Bible from start to finish. We're getting the whole context of the whole book or the whole letter, and we're seeing everything that God wants us to see in that book from start to finish. And then we'll know it, because there may be some passages or some books that we hadn't spent much time in. But when you go verse by verse, you say, Oh, yeah, I know that verse. And maybe you don't get it this time, but maybe next time you read it, you will. And that's why we got to be in God's Word so He can keep working in us so that we can bear fruit. When we hear God's Word, when we know God's Word, when we live by God's Word, we produce fruit by the good works that we do. And we grow in our knowledge of God. That's what Paul's desire was for these Christian people he's writing to. That's what our desire should be for our own lives and for the lives of others for those who have walked with the Lord for 50 years and for those who have just accepted the Lord in the last week or two. 
And we want to pray like Paul prayed and say, look, I'm praying for you. I want you to grow in the Lord. I want you to walk in the Lord. I want to help you learn about what God's Word said. That's what Paul's doing in this letter. He's writing to them and said, I want to teach you more about Jesus. I see that you're walking in the light. I see that you've given your life to Jesus. I see that you've made him your Savior. Praise the Lord. Let, let me teach you and let me show you about Jesus and let me help you to grow in Jesus so that you can be strong in Jesus. That's why we read God's Word. That's why we study God's Word. And that's why we want to help others learn God's Word as well. In verse 11, he says, May you be strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Now listen to that. May you be strengthened with all power. Now why does Paul say that? Paul says that because the journey... It's tough because life is tough. Now, you all know that. I don't have to tell you that. It doesn't matter from the youngest one in here to the oldest one in here. You know that life is tough. You've got to have strength to get through because there are hard days, days that you think, I don't know if I can go any further. Physically, I'm worn out. Mentally, I'm worn out. Emotionally, I'm worn out. I am weak in every area. Sometimes we may be weak in all of those areas at the same time. The journey is difficult. Paul knows the journey is difficult. And he says, may you be strengthened with all power. Why? Because we need strength for the journey. Where do we get the strength from? Well, we don't get it from ourselves. We're not strong enough. We get it from the Lord according to His glorious might. Now, as I was reading it, that verse really jumped out to me. We get strength from God's glorious might, the almighty, all-powerful God who has the strength to do anything and everything. We need strength for the journey. May we find strength from the journey, and we find it in God and God alone. Now, we've all probably been in situations where we weren't strong enough to do something in a physical sense. Take Michelle, for instance. She's always cooking a lot. It's not uncommon for her to have maybe a jar or something. And she can't open it. I can't open this. I'm not strong enough. What do we do when we're not strong enough to do something? We get somebody to help us. We find somebody who is stronger than we are. It doesn't matter how strong you are. There are some things that you ain't strong enough to do. And you got to get somebody to help you, somebody that's stronger than you are. So she gets on that thing and she, oh, she twists. She can't get it. She says, here, can you help me get this? And I get it and I go... Because I'm so strong. We find somebody that is stronger than we are. That's what God is for us. There is no one stronger than God is. When we are in our weaknesses, when we are in our struggles, when we need strength, we go to one who is stronger than us. And who is stronger than God? No one. So let's just go right on to the top. Now you can seek out a brother and sister in Christ, find strength in them, praise the Lord, we're supposed to do that. But we got to start at the top. We start with God, we find brothers and sisters and surround ourselves with them. But Paul says, look, may you be strengthened by the mighty power of God for all endurance and patience. Endurance and patience. That means the journey is long and the journey is difficult and the journey is tough. You get it. You get it. You don't have to live long in this world to know that the journey in this life is tough. But Paul says, endure it. Don't give up. Be patient. God is with you. God's strength is with you. God is mighty. According to his glorious might for all endurance and patience, with joy, with joy. 
We need to have joy as we go on this walk. As, as long and as tough as it is, as hard as it is, we need to find joy in the Lord on the walk. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. So he says, look, I'm praying for you. I'm proud of you. I'm thankful to the Lord for you. I want you to grow in the Lord. I want you to grow in his knowledge. I want you to walk in his ways. I want you to find, find strength from his might. I want you to endure to the end. I want you to have joy no matter what goes on. And I want you to give thanks to God because he has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the life. Now, when we think about that inheritance, we think about when we leave this old world and we go to a better place, praise the Lord, that's a good inheritance. But that's not all we inherit when we become a Christian. When we begin to walk in the light, what we inherit is some of the same thing that the saints inherit, inherited. Now, we inherit good stuff from God. We inherit forgiveness of our sins through Jesus Christ, praise the Lord. But we also inherit difficulties because living the Christian life is difficult. And we've been fortunate here in these United States of America that we don't face much persecution for our faith. But that's not been the case throughout the history of the world. You look back at the saints of the past, the men and women who stood for the Lord. You don't have to look far and you find a lot of persecution throughout the years. It started with Jesus, and if they persecuted Jesus, guess what they're going to do to us? They're going to persecute us. If they kill Jesus, guess what they're going to do to his followers? They're going to kill his followers. And that's happened from the time that Jesus was crucified until today. It's still happening. When we accept Jesus Christ, yeah, we have a great inheritance. We have forgiveness of sins for all of eternity with no more pains and sorrows. But sometimes when we accept Jesus Christ in this world... We may not have the pain and sorrows in the life to come, but our pain and sorrows may increase in this world. Now, that's not a popular <coughs> message. A lot of people don't want to hear that message, don't want to preach that message, but that's the truth. We see that. Sometimes in God and using his people, he allows them to go through great sufferings. But it's a blessing when we go through such things. You can look back and you can read some of these martyrs and some of these people who have suffered for the Lord throughout the years. You can find some of their writings. It's tough. It's not always easy. Sometimes living for the Lord is difficult. And we don't just have to look to the past. It's all around our world today. And I suspect it's even in the United States. We may not hear about it much, but it's here. And it's everywhere. And when we take a stand for the Lord... We need to know that we have a great inheritance in the life to come, but we may experience difficulties in this life. So what do we do? We seek the strength of God to get us through it. Verse 13, He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son He loves. We have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in Him. He has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom. Now, that's interesting language. Now, we live in this world that is full of darkness. But the scripture says that we are transferred into the kingdom. Now, when I think about transferred, the first thing that comes into my mind 
was Star Trek. If you ever watch Star Trek, they go around all these different planets and they're exploring and they get down there and sometimes things get really bad and the enemy's coming after them and they get on their little, little intercom things and they say, beam me up, Scotty. Why? They want to be transferred from the darkness and the, and the hard times that they're in back up to the ship where it's safe. Now, when we accept Jesus Christ, we are transferred from the darkness into the kingdom. But we're still right where we are, right? I mean, we're transferred instantly from the darkness into the kingdom of God, but nothing changes except now we can see the darkness. Before we come to Jesus Christ, we are living in darkness. Darkness is around us. The things we do are darkness, and we don't even know it. But when we hear the gospel, and when we put our faith in Jesus Christ, in that instance, we are transferred out of the darkness into the kingdom of God. And so we close our eyes and we say that prayer, Lord Jesus, I, I come to you, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, forgive me. Before we say that prayer, we're in darkness. We don't see the things that are around us. When we say amen and we open our eyes, we see different. We don't see what we used to see. Now we see the light. Now everything is exposed. All the darkness is exposed because now, even though we're in the same physical place, we are in the kingdom of God. And so we have not been transferred from this world to another place, but our eyes have been opened. We can now see the light when we put our faith in Jesus Christ. And when we follow Jesus Christ, we are no longer in the domain of darkness, but are in the kingdom of God. And because we see the light, we see the darkness. The darkness is exposed and no longer has power over us. And we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins in Jesus. That's good stuff. And Paul is setting up here for what's about to happen. This next passage that we will look at next week, man, this is a good passage. Paul focuses on Jesus. Jesus as is at the center of everything. And he, he gives this introduction in this letter, and then he pounds it home. He says, all right, you're following Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus. And that's what we'll talk about next week. Let's pray. God, we come to you tonight, and we thank you for these good words. And I pray that we would learn from them and live by them. And I pray that, God, that you would just tuck these things away in our heart. Help them to help us in our life, God. Help us to be prayerful for others who are growing in you, dear Lord. Maybe some who have just come to follow you. That we would pray for them, encourage them, and help them to understand your word so that they can grow in you. And God, help all of us to find strength in you because we need it. God, this world is tough. This world is, is hard. This world is scary. But dear Lord, by your strength and by your might, we will overcome the world because of Jesus Christ. And God, we thank you that we have redemption in him. And I pray that if there is one who has not put their faith in Jesus, that tonight they would do it. And I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. To learn more about Jesus, call or text Pastor Shan at 601-657-0180 or email him at shanvn at me.com. You can also visit us at www.enterprisebaptist.church or follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash ebcliberty. We hope that you have been blessed by today's service.